This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhoppers Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans. It's episode 40 of Tatooine Sons. Ray Park just couldn't keep it in any longer. He loves playing Darth Maul, and he's not afraid to say it. In this episode, we'll look into what Park had to say about his hopes for keeping Maul alive on the big screen. You may think I am evil. I am not. I am efficient. It's time for Tatooine Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. Uh, true to Star Wars fans, uh, thanks for tuning in, and if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you definitely were not spoiled by Ray Park's Instagram posts. That's wild. I cannot believe that that didn't get out. The greatest spoiler uh, in a long time in Star Wars history didn't get out, and he was like putting it in everybody's face, but we'll talk about that Screaming later. Screaming it at him. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that later. And, of course, you can have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. Whoa, what's up, guys? How's everything down in Alabama? Uh, it's, it's a little it's hot. It's, a little, it's really it's hot little, today. It's yeah, not. It I guarantee you, it's not as hot in Alabama as it is here in California. It was 103 at oh, 6 Lord. p.m. yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's been. It's already almost 100 degrees here, it, and it's early. You know, not even noon yet. It's like insanely Jeez. hot. So, anyway, so what you guys been up to yeah. the last uh, last week? I guess we should let our listeners know since we've been talking about Papa's uh, surgery and stuff like that. That Papa had his surgery on Friday, and the doctors. Uh, came back with a glowing report, thinking that they got all the cancer, everything was contained, didn't get into his lymph nodes, no uh, uh, concerns that it had spread anywhere, and we're just thanking God that um, everything was went exactly uh, as it is. So that meant that you guys had because you guys didn't go to the surgery, you mom did, but you guys stayed at the at the condo there in Orange Beach. That meant yeah. you guys had some time. Uh, on well, your we were taking weekend. care of the dog. The dog. Okay, well, you guys want to just go ahead and tell all of our listeners about Sporky and what makes Sporky. Yeah, let's just say he's their child. <laughs> it just sums it up. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were taking care of him, making sure he was fed and, you know, going out. But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of free time. So what um, did you do to pass your free time on Friday and Saturday? Well, we were either playing video games. Of course, because or, that's what you guys do all the time. What games were you playing? Uh, mainly Fortnite. I think I may have played a little Battlefront too. Me too. Okay. The new the new clone skins were pretty cool though. Huh? Awesome. 
Okay. Anyway, um, and then we finished up uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Nice. So Two Towers yeah. and Return of the King. Yes, we watched. I think we watched Two Towers on Friday and Return of the King on Saturday. Awesome. All right. So BB Nate, I'm going to go ahead and, and and turn this over to you. Why don't you give all of our listeners your opinion? Since last week you got to talk about the Fellowship of the Ring, tell us what you think about the Two Towers and the Return of the King. Well. Um, we talked about how I didn't like it uh, earlier. Originally, when you originally. were younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are long movies. <laughs> and I've only watched the extended editions. And those. Didn't we do a marathon of the extended editions in one day? No, I don't believe we did. No? No. Yeah, I thought we did. I could have sworn we have. Anyway. Um, I, I really enjoyed them. Um, I think I grew up and got more mature and looked at stuff more and wasn't all about, like Sam said, the epic battle sequences or stuff like that. It, I was paying attention more to this story mm-hmm. and I felt more invested in it because before I'm like, I didn't remember that part or that's mm-hmm. a very crucial part of the story and I didn't even pay attention to it. And so, and so that's, and the relationship between Frodo and Sam is probably one of my oh, favorite yeah. things. I mean, I was, we were, I was watching the part where um, they were they were on Mount Doom and they just you know they both just collapsed due to exhaustion and they couldn't go any further you know and Sam's talking to Frodo and he's like, "Do you remember the Shire and all this?" and <laughs> and then he, he he says, "Okay, well, I may I may not be able to um, carry that burden, but I can carry, carry like so the burden Frodo. being the ring, right? The ring, yes." yes. And then he picks up Frodo and starts walking up, and I'm just like, oh, man, right in the fields. I mean, it was, it was, it was intense. And I was, like, noticing, because it, it's, it's um, no secret that it was, it was written with a, a sort of a Christian message behind it. Or yeah, a, that's, that's a, an a interesting story. It, most, I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people know this story, but there, I'm sure we also have listeners that are unaware of this, that Jake, or excuse me, J.K. Rowling, why did I come from that? that that's, uh, I was going to say J.K. Rowling, which is, is uh, Harry Isn't Potter. That Harry that's Potter? Harry Potter, yeah. No, that, that, that J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, J.A.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis from The Lion, the Witch, and the Road, Wardrobe and Chronicles of Darnia and all that were very, very close friends. Um, they taught at the same university and, and things like that. And they um, always talked in their little book clubs and sitting and drinking pints of ale, which they did often, and smoke pipes. And I guess that's what you do if you're a professor at Oxford or Cambridge or whatever. Um, and they'd sit around and talk about how they would love to write like fables or mythology stories that could be used to tell morality tales, even simple, uh, even in some ways metaphors for like the what they believed, they're both very strong Christians, what they believed were, were spiritual truths um, and even biblical truths that they put into fantasy and stuff like that. And so mm. they, they challenged each other to do that. And that is where the whole Lord of the Rings mythology and the Chronicles of Narnia mythologies came from. So I think that's a really interesting yeah. story. I love the fact that you guys are, are well, Sam, you've, you've been a fan of Lord of the Rings for a while now, but BB Nate, I'm excited to hear you kind of coming into your own with that. And uh, Return of the King, I, I surprised you guys when we were talking about this last night um you guys didn't realize that return of the king won the oscar for best picture the year that it was released it's pretty amazing so 
Yeah. So awesome. Well, very cool. Well, um, let's see. What did I do this week? Uh, I did some work. I got to go to um, the Hollywood Bowl for the first time, which was awesome. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. concert, which was amazing. Um, loved that. No, it wasn't a Star Wars concert with lightsabers um, like they do. That would have been cooler. They, though. they do that a lot, and we should go back Ooh. and do one of those. But should had a great time. He's one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorite performers. Um, I've always loved his music. Uh, since he first kind of hit the stage, literally, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, exactly. So I had a great time with that. I uh, came home yesterday and watched uh, a bunch of college football all day long. My CU Buffs beat Nebraska, their biggest rival. Uh, that was awesome. Um, so, <laughs> um, And then oh, yeah, Thursday night, we recorded a new episode of 10 Questions with um, on Tatooine Tuesday. And this one was with uh, Alex and Molly Damon from Star Wars Explained. And so, and it was a lot of fun. We did ask them about the uh, gold Princess Leia bikini <laughs> costume that Alex... And that is Alexander, not Alexis or something. Um, that is Alexander. He is male that he wore around Dragon Con uh, the previous weekend. And so uh, we, we asked him uh, to explain um, how that happened. And uh, also he told stories about how um, Star Wars Explained got started, uh, how he fell in love with Star Wars, what his first memories of Star Wars, Alex and Molly both shared things like that. Um, and we talked about the future of Star Wars, some episode nine stuff. So it was a lot of fun. If you're um, a Patreon supporter, uh, the access to that will be available to you on Patreon before this episode actually drops of our regular podcast. So uh, you'll be able to listen to that um, right away. If you're not a Patreon supporter, uh, then it's real simple. You just go and you make a commitment to um, support us for at least a dollar a month, and you'll get early access to this one. And uh, hopefully in the next week or so, we're going to be recording with Steel Saunders, which we've been trying to get set up again, and Jason Ward from Making Star Wars, and you'll get early access to those as well um, because they episode doesn't go public till Tuesday because it's called 10 questions on tattooing Tuesday. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so that's what's been going on. I didn't get any new reviews this week. Got some new ratings. I'm realizing that there are people that are giving ratings, but they're not giving reviews. So I'm going to ask uh, all of our listeners to take that extra step. Please do so. Um, and, um, I'm going to steal, um, an idea from talk star Wars, part of one of our, uh, star Wars Commonwealth podcast network, uh, compatriots, um, and what they do. If it's clean, um, and you put it in the review section, uh, of iTunes, we will read it verbatim, um, on our show. So if you want to plug Even it on it's YouTube, it's not necessarily a positive review. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, let's just be honest. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna read negative reviews, but um, a positive review, uh, especially if it's five star, five star rating and review with a comment. Um, I will read the comment verbatim as long as there's nothing in it that's negative. So if you've got a YouTube channel, you got your own podcast, you've got your own website, uh, you do anything like that, and you want to plug it, we will plug it for you here on Tattooing Sons as a thank you for uh, giving us a review um, on. On iTunes, so that is what we're looking for. So, um, I think that's pretty much it. We got that going. So, why don't we go we're ahead? All caught up. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we've had a little uh, banter time here. So, why don't we get into um, this week's results for the pod- pa- podcast poll of the week? Are you brainless? 
I never ask that question until after I've done it. What? All right, so last week we talked a little bit. It was a listener's choice episode. If you didn't listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back. We had a lot of fun on that, and I think it was a great episode, personally speaking. But anyway, yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Good. I've listened to it um, um, after we recorded it. <laughs> you were a part of it. I know, but then I went back and listened to it again. So, I mean, it must be somewhat good if I'm going to listen to myself talk about it for – because I don't like hearing myself talk. So anyway, um, last week's podcast poll talked uh, – well, last week's podcast, we talked a lot about the Unknown Regions. Um, on our listeners' uh, choice podcast, and so our podcast poll had to do with that. And uh, the question was, why? Uh, why do you think that the new Star Wars canon is focusing so much on the unknown regions? We gave four answers uh, as possibility. They're running out of stories. They have major plans for it. Thrawn or Snoke backstory. So I'm going to get you guys' feedback. BB Nate, why don't you go first? Why do you think that the new Star Wars canon is focusing so much on the unknown regions? I, I. First of all, I have a hope, and then I have a feel. Okay. I feel, um, I feel like they're they have major plans for it because they've been teasing it for a long time, and they've been just like throwing it into our face that they're going to do something with it. My hope is, I hope it's some Thrawn. Okay. Um, I hope we learn more about what happened to him after Rebels, um, maybe even before the Thrawn novel. Um, learn more about that. Learn more about his species, his planet, and. So I, I want to see more Thrawn. And, you know, I've had some people suggest that we're going to see the Chiss Civil War and why he was kicked off of Ooh. Um, his planet. Preemptive striking and stuff like that. Hmm. The, that whole story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, uh, which is his origin story. So maybe that would, yeah. be, that would be fun. What about, be you? What, do you, what about you, Sammy? Oh, oh, I completely think that they're going to have major stories for it um, or major plans for it. Um you know, I talked in the last podcast that it could be a great plot device where they could, you know, kind of bend the laws of the Star Wars universe to, you know, whatever they want. You know, some planets, the Force may not function or interacts differently, so they could do whatever they want then. Uh, I mean, they could bring in whole new species and stories. Uh, I think they were talking, I was reading the uh, Thrawn Alliances book. It's Alliances, right? Yep. Uh, um, and they were talking about the um, Grisk. Uh, race, whatever. Yeah. Um, who are from the unknown regions? And I mean, they were. Hold on, they were hold on. If you have not read it yet, spoiler alert, real quick. Oops. Um, Wait, I can't listen to this. Let me read the comics. Okay, close your ears, BB Nate. All right, take your headphones out or whatever. And Samuel will, will will give you the indication when you're done. All right, so. Uh, but I mean, they were pretty cool. I mean, to see because they were they were a um, a legends thing for a while. Mm. They were an ancient primitive race that would you know just overwhelm their enemy by sheer force. Now that I think about it, a lot like kind of the orcs in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, and they if you look at the comic art for them, they do look pretty pretty nasty. So it's pretty cool to see that they're they're kind of bringing them into canon from the old or from the um, unknown regions. So I, I can't wait to see what else they do. With okay. the unknown regions here. Awesome. So BB Nate can now put his headphone back in. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give the results. So 10% think that the reason that they're focusing on it is they're running out of stories in the uh, uh, traditional Star Wars world, um, which, you know, I mean, there may be an element there. I think that I'm not sure they're running out of stories, but I do think that they've understood that they need to move away from the Skywalker saga and into some different yeah. things. And so I think that may be part of it. Uh, 12% think that we're going to be getting Snoke's backstory from it, uh, which hmm. I thought that would be a little bit higher. 17% th- said Thrawn. Uh, 
um, is what they're going for with it. And then 61% all agreed with you guys that it's major plans for it. And I think that they, people saw Thrawn and Snoke as maybe elements that were part of the major plans for it. So, right. Yeah. So we had three comments on there that we're going to read today, um, from, um, some of our Twitter followers. And, uh, I encourage you guys, these are some of the best Twitter followers in the galaxy. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to follow these three amazing accounts. First one is at me and my Padawan. They're, um, a fellow, uh, father and uh, child uh, Star Wars podcast. So uh, we love them and we uh, think cool. they're awesome as well. Me and my Padawan, a mostly Star Wars podcast is the way that they're listed on Twitter. It's kind of power ours. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may talk about Lord of the Rings, but it's mostly Star Wars. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty much there. This is what they said. I feel the unknown regions and wild space are going to factor pretty heavily into whatever comes after episode nine. Ryan Johnson's trilogy is supposed to feature parts of Star Wars never seen before after all. So here's, I guess, where that comment, which, again, me and my Padawan, uh, thank you for commenting. Um, guys, what do you think? Do you think that Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to the unknown regions and going into wild space? I figured if it's pl- taking place after the events of Episode Nine, then, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're going to explore wild space, it has to happen after that because there may be new technological advances that weren't available in the original trilogy or the, the uh, prequel trilogy. Um, so I do think that it, it might feature parts of that. And, you know, since he's kind of starting to bring this tr- uh, sequel trilogy, he, he's kind of steered it in this sort of direction. I'm sure that um, he would know, oh, I wanted to bring this into The Last Jedi per, per se or Episode Nine, uh, but I just couldn't do it. Now I've got uh, three movies to do whatever I want. So I, th- I think that it, um, I, 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 I feel like it's going to go there for sure. I don't what know what else we do. Um. I really that's they did say they're going to explore um, a part of Star Wars that they have never explored explored before. Um, if that means the unknown regions, then it's the unknown regions because nobody has explored there in the Star Wars universe, at <sighs> least in the movies before. Um, I, I do think it could really work for Ryan Johnson, maybe ease in the. Uh, unknown regions for the rest of Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. And what if, what do you think about this? What if they would have, um, what if the plan was when Ryan Johnson wrote his, the last Jedi story and he created a backstory behind Snoke for himself. And he created this, um, you know, uh, some of the elements that were there and that, um, kind of was handed over to JJ for him to complete the saga. Um, what if, that backstory, the history of the Unknown Regions and everything that kind of led to Snoke, not necessarily a Snoke backstory series of movies, but um, but everything that was happening in the Unknown Regions and this new ver- this like expanded idea of the Force and things like that. What if that was what he wants to make uh, his trilogy about? What do you guys think about that? So maybe not necessarily events after Episode Nine. Maybe there are events before Episode Nine in the Unknown Regions. Hmm. I mean. I- or maybe just during any of the Star Wars. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean immediately before Episode 9. I'm talking about any time in the history of the, of the mm-hmm. Republic, um, you know, which could yeah. go all the way back to the old Republic era if you want. But, uh, but it's all these things taking place in the Unknown Regions, and we start seeing that. Um, and then it sort of ties into what we know happens in Episode 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, it'd be kind of cool to see the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that might have turned certain tides of the war um certain directions you know, the, emperor, you know, this, em- the emperor was in um 
in communication in with some extreme force user in the unknown regions. We know that from the contingency and uh, the aftermath novels right. and things like that. We see that in Thrawn alliances, even to an extent. And so, um, so this is what's, you know, th- maybe that's what's being explored is, is I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm, I'm hoping for that. So, all right, let's yeah. talk about the next, uh, next one. It's uh, now, this one's going to be a little bit harder for you listeners because you can't see it. So I'm going to have to explain it to you. The Twitter handle is at underscore star Wars, dude, underscore. I'm not sure why. But that's what he chose. So, at underscore maybe Star- just Star Wars dude was taken. Maybe it's possible at underscore Star Wars dude underscore TS is what he lists. Which I don't know. Maybe that means he's Tatooine Suns fan. He just wants to go with our initials. So uh, it, could, it could it could happen. That's not how the Force works. Right. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Han Solo. Okay. Um, I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams is connecting Ray with importance to the saga. Now, you guys ready for this one? Mm-hmm. By making Ezra Bridger. Her father would make perfect sense as to why Dave Filoni kept it that way and had no plans for the character. Samuel, what do you think about Ezra as being Ray's daddy? And that is what we're going to find out in episode nine. And he's in the unknown regions. Uh, Did you, did you point that to me? You kind of cut out for a second. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I want to get your feedback. Um, I, I just, that just doesn't sit right with me. I, yeah, I don't. I don't like that idea. It, just something in my gut says no. <laughs> I mean, I I could see why he kept it so, um, you know, like he's not that big of a character. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think you do that. I think okay. you keep Ray's parents as just nobody. Okay. Yeah. What I about you? That's, that's that. Okay. What about you, BB Nate? Um, like Sam said, that doesn't just just doesn't sit right with me. Um, I don't know why. It's just I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it's just every time somebody says Edra Bridger is Ray's father, I just it, I don't. Didn't we do a podcast where we described the um, similarities between Ezra and we did? Ray? We did a whole episode. Our yeah. main topic were sort of the parallels between Ray, Ray and Ezra Bridger. It was really an interesting. Uh, it was from an article on StarWars.com. Yeah. So I don't think you combine those two characters with that sim- sort of similarity. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then our last one is from Yoda Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. I love Yoda Bauer. Um, if you're not following Yoda Bauer on YouTube, then you're missing out on one of the uh, best, most intelligent, um, respectful, um, but not afraid to say what she thinks, Star Wars YouTubers uh, around. And she's worth following. You should be subscribing to Yoda Bauer um, from Emport. Um, Haven Forums. That's um, the the YouTube channel. Um, you should be subscribing to that. So Yoda Bauer, at Yoda Bauer, uh, she says, none of the above. I think they don't want to flesh out the stories we know more um, until we're on the other side of nine. The unknown regions are safe. So Yoda Bauer is, is of the strong opinion that we get no unknown regions in episode nine. Nothing happens in, in the unknown regions until after episode nine. What do you guys think about that? Um. Yeah. Well, I I didn't think that they were going to have Unknown Regions in Episode 9. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really expect them to, but I was expecting Ryan Johnson's trilogy to be heavy in the Unknown Regions. And then maybe some other, maybe Criminal Underworld ones as well. And so I'm expecting them to be focusing on the Unknown Regions a lot, but just not in Episode 9. So I kind of agree with her. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I never expected Episode Nine to have anything to do with the Unknown Regions. I think they were just going to finish off the story and then go with the Unknown Regions to help with more story ideas, which I guess kind of plays into the whole running out of stories um, mm. thing. But I think it, it, it needs to wait till after. Um, so they've got something fresh to grab people's attention. Because, you know, how, how you draw people in after the uh, excuse me, Skywalker saga is completed. I mean, I, I mean, you could do a Kenobi movie and that would sell out easy. Mm-hmm. But um, eventually you're going to start losing steam. So how do you do that? You introduce new stories, and I feel like that's what the Unknown Regions is going to help do. So I never expected it to happen in mine. I always expected it to happen after the fact. Cool. Yeah, I think that I think we may get more. Uh, I think we may get some unknown regions uh, allusions and content in episode nine, but I don't think it's going to be. It would be more of a tease and a setup for what they're going to be doing beyond uh, episode nine, rather than a mm-hmm. central theme uh, to episode nine. But I do think that they have big plans for the unknown regions in the future of the Star Wars uh, storytelling um, universe. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next segment. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a little bit of a break here. BB Nate, you're going to talk a little bit about how people can be a part of our Patreon page and get access to that uh, early access to things like our special uh, 10 Questions on Tatooine Sons uh, episode. But after that, um, we just need to acknowledge that it was a bad week for the fanboys um, who have been throwing a temper tantrum about Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how Mortis. Uh, impacted the last Jedi, and then this one's uh, from our friends over there at Star Wars Explained. Uh, could some of our favorite rebels have actually murdered the Jedi? And so, after this uh, short little break, it's time for hot takes. Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons of Star Wars podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us, so we can do it. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash tattooingsons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. All right, so Star Wars boss Kathleen Kennedy... Uh, was announced this week that she's getting an honorary Oscar. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, um, I think the fanboys are the ones that have the bad feeling about this. So here's from uh, our friends over at at MovieWeb. Follow them on Twitter, at MovieWeb. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. That's the people that do the Oscars for... You know, those of you that don't know. Anyway, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has announced that Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy will be the first woman to ever receive which is awesome, by the way, first woman right. uh, to ever receive the Irving G. Thalberg Award this year, which is an honorary Academy Award for production achievement. Kennedy, along with her husband and producing partner Frank Marshall, are being honored because they have a body of work that reflects a consistently high quality of motion picture production. The award was last given out in 2010, so it's been over eight, it's been eight years uh, nine years by the time this this happens that they've given this award out, and George Lucas, Crazy Uncle George, uh, received it in uh, 1991 for his work on the Star Wars franchise. And the uh, another bit of information: the Irving G. Thalberg Award has only been given out 38 times in Academy hmm. Award history. And Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, will be receiving that award at the next Oscars. What do you guys think about that? We'll start with you, Samuel. Hutt. 
That's awesome. Um, you know, she definitely deserves it, you know, with all the stuff she puts up with. But not only that, she she does put out a different caliber of movies. You know, all the movies that you hear that she's worked on have been really classic hits. Um, I think they mentioned E.T., uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, obviously Star Wars. Um, and those are all really high caliber movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, then not so just she, not just you know popcorn flicks or, or what the big tentpole type movies that they talk about, but uh, she you know she's the producer on Schindler's List um, and, oh, and wow. things like that. Some Oscar award winning movies. She's she's been around and been a part of um, this whole time, and she uh, definitely deserves this award. What do you think about it, yeah. BB Nate? Um, like you said, she definitely does deserve this award. And I don't know how long the Oscars have been going on, but 38 is very little for how many Oscars have been had. Uh, well over a hundred years, awards. I think. I think it's a hundred mm-hmm, year, yeah. years or so. So for her to get one is amazing. And then also for <laughs> George Lucas to get one as well. That was cool. So two yeah, full circle. Yes. So that's going to be a the cool ma- the, the apprentice has now become the master. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is actually true because she did uh she did kind of apprentice underneath George Lucas. Yeah. They were very close. He had her work on the you know, with Steven Spielberg, of course, and Steven Spielberg Spielberg was more of her mentor than even George Lucas. But um you know, she she worked with George and she knows George really well, which is why when the idea came to sell Lucasfilm to Disney, uh one of the conditions and one of the rules was that George wanted to handpick his uh, the next president of it, and he handpicked Kathleen Kennedy. So all of you fanboys out there that may not be really thrilled about that... I want to go home and rethink my life. It may be time to rethink your life, because, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was handpicked by George, and you yeah. keep wanting to get her fired and replaced with George. doesn't make a lot of sense um, with it. So, yeah. Anything else about that? Uh, not, not for me, no. Okay. I guess that was a mic drop on my part. All right. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi director reveals which Clone Wars episodes influenced his movie. So this is um, about, obviously, our our good friend and uh, you know fellow Porg fan, uh, Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of he The Last Jedi. The so someone tweeted him. What's that? He invented the Porgs. He invented it. Uh, that's true. The creator of the Porg. And uh, we have the creator of the Porg we're talking about with the namer of the Porg, uh, BB Nate. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. So, um, so someone tweeted to um, Ryan Johnson, who's been, um, as always, is very active on Twitter, and he tweeted the the person was um, their 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 name, not their handle, but their name is Deep Sing Music. So S I N G H music with an extra C at the end. And the handle is Desi Hood music with an extra C at the end. So, all right, go for it. This is what they tweeted. Uh, Hi, Ryan Johnson. I wanted to know your thoughts on the Mortis arc from Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and its connection to any of the films, maybe. So before we even jump into Ryan's uh, answer, BB Nate, this is one of your favorite Clone Wars arcs. Do you see Mortis connections in The Last Jedi? Um, honestly, no. Um, I don't really see many Mortis connections except for maybe the Force being in The Last Jedi. Um, and like every Star Wars movie, the Force is in it. So, I didn't see much of the Mortis arc. I've watched the Mortis arc more than I should have, probably. But, it's, I I haven't noticed any connections between them. 
What about you, Samuel? Um, I think you got to look a little deeper, though. I mean, it would be hard to find um, connections. It took me a minute to think of it, but the whole story of the Morse Ark is bringing balance to the Force, right? You know, because the son was rising up, and the daughter and the dad, the father, couldn't keep control of them anymore. That's why they needed Anakin. So it was all about bringing balance. And the entire theme of The Last Jedi is bringing balance to the Force. I think Nathan is looking more for, like, the... He wants to see Mortis' father. He wants to see Mortis' son, Mortis' daughter, right? You know, or just the physical aspects of it, not the ideology. Oh, there's some physical aspects, too, because I rewatched the Clone Wars arc, uh, let's see, Labor Day. So I had Monday off, and I was going to watch The Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi. And so between... Was it... it was before it was before I watched The Force Awakens. I went ahead and watched the uh, all three episodes of the Mortis arc based on this tweet um, to see why you know this question was even being raised and um, the yin yang almost Jedi you know yin yang symbol on the end oh, of, that's on the right, floor that's right. of the um, uh, uh, Jedi Temple. There's that same type of uh, imagery on mosaic on the floor of uh, the Mortis. Uh, temple and and there's just uh, the whole balancing of the force and conflict and and how before the force went out of balance in this episode though son is completely given over to the dark side and daughter is given completely over to the light side they are not in conflict with each other they understand their role of balancing each other and i that screams Last Jedi uh, and yeah. what I think is going to happen in Episode 9. So, uh, Well, here's what Ryan Johnson responded. So, uh, Ryan Johnson tweeted, replied to the tweet. It says, I rewatched these eps on Dave Filoni's advice early in the writing process. They're so gorgeous and boundary pushing. Um, so I think that uh, Lucasfilm and Dave Filoni influenced Ryan Johnson's idea of the Force through the Mortis arc. What do you guys think mm. about that? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I mean, I could totally see that with, you know, like we, we were talking about balance. Um, I didn't realize that that was on Dave Filoni's um, suggestion. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's cool. I, I guess that means they're, you know, they're best buds or something. Well, but, I don't know if they're best buds, but um, I think that Dave Filoni has, um, he's definitely the voice of sort of the greater Star Wars canon universe mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm. So what do you think about that, when, BB Nate? Do you understand kind of where we're coming from uh, on the balance thing now? Yes, I do. Um, I, I kind of, I, I think when I watched Last Jedi and then we rewatched the um, Mortis Stark sometime after that, and I'm pretty sure we have. But I'm pretty sure I remember seeing the, like you said, the yin yang type symbol in both yeah. of them. And I think I made the connection then, but I think I just forgot about it, thinking it's not that big of a deal. It must just be a fun thing but now that he's rewatched it and he's like i'm gonna put this stuff in there i think it makes a little bit more um sense for it to be in there than just it being in there <laughs> i want i wanted to say one, one more thing sure. he said that the um mortis arc was boundary pushing which it it certainly was that's another reason why it's one of my favorite oh epi- my gosh uh, it's amazing arcs. you know it's just insane for the force but the last jedi was the same way I mean, it was really boundary pushing when it came came to the force and, you know, thoughts like that. Um, so I think it makes sense that he would have watched this before to get ideas. I mean, they, they, the similarities in that respect are hugely apparent. So Absolutely. 
Awesome. All right, number three, the last one of our uh, hot takes for the day. Star Wars The Clone Wars writer teases that this trooper carried out Order 66 and killed Jedi. Now, this is actually something that was tweeted out by our um, uh, buddies that we um, uh, interviewed this week, uh, Alex and Molly over at Star Wars Explained. They they got this from a panel that Henry Gilroy a uh, writer for the Clone Wars, a writer for the, uh, Star Wars Rebels, um, was on, and he made a really interesting statement. And they tweeted this out. They said, according to Henry Gilroy, Wolf likely carried out Order Six, Order 66 and removed his chip afterwards. What do you guys hmm. think about that? Because Wolf is a big uh, character. He's a good guy yeah, in, he was in uh, Rebels. He's a big, he's big, crew, big right? part of that crew. In fact, when I was talking with Alex and Molly, um, and this is actually going to be on the uh, ten, 10 questions with Tatooine sons, uh, uh, record a podcast. that's going to be coming out. Um, they said that that whole crew other than Rex, um, according to Henry Gilroy were involved in order 66 and removed their chip afterwards. How does really? that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course, Rex is just a good old guy and he's a good old trooper and all that type of stuff. But well, no, Rex removed his chip. We know this. They've yes. said that. So and that yes. was in that. Um, yeah. But I, it doesn't really surprise me that at least Wolf did it. He he's been kind of the um, he was the iffy character. Yeah, he really was. He was sort of uh, in opposition to Kanan, and and he didn't like Kanan. And as he didn't like Jedi. No, he was talking about you know the Jedi were not trustworthy. Is that season two? I think that's season two because Ahsoka is the one that Uh sends them out there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was season two. Of Rebels. That's cool. Uh, what was the other guy? I can't remember their Gregor? names off the top. I think it's Gregor. Gregor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I loved him. He's funny. Wow. Um, that's so weird. I, I mean, I can't picture him as killing killing a Jedi. But well, if they have the he, chip in their head and they can't, they can't, they can't resist it. Yeah. Which is yeah. which? Saw, then you know it it, it it helps inform the thinking that you have while watching those ep- that th- those couple of episodes of Star Wars Rebels when Kanan and Ezra and and them are are going to to recruit Rex and that that group of cl- uh, former clones the lack of trust the the you know the anger that Kanan has parts, on yeah. both parts yeah and so it, it, if you, if you think of it from the perspective of they actually killed Jedi um, with it, that changes uh, as a whole yeah. different element. I, I was looking, reading on Facebook, and I'm part on some, you know, so a few Facebook groups, and someone posted a page from one of their favorite comics. Um, I forget what it's called. I think it's like The Dark Times or something. And it was Order sixty six from a clone's perspective, sort of. Interesting. Um, and basically, he's sitting there in the temple, kind of mingling with some of the younglings, um, and then all of a sudden, he gets the call, puts his helmet on. And asks even the younglings, and he said, "It will be done, my oh, lord." Oh, that's chilling, man. Yeah, and then you know one of the Jedi's you know realizes what's happening, and he's, you know he starts freaking out and says no or whatever. But I mean, it's just like, dang, it's intense when you think about it like it that. Because they were probably, I mean, they were they were huge friends with their um, Jedi, Jedi. They were their generals. generals. Yeah, I mean, and they had a hugely personal relationship. Um, and then just to just be told you got to kill them and they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, that's got to be painful for obviously both parties here. Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty intense. I, I never I wouldn't. have. Yeah, that changes things. <laughs> what do you think about like that whole idea of BB Nate? Um, 
Uh, it's a it's a little weird. Um, it's it's confusing because I don't see, like Sam said, Gregor doing anything like that. He seems just like a uplifting, funny guy. But when you, the chip is in your head, and even like, even we the arc during the Lost Missions, yeah, uh, the first yeah. arc, uh, he of the Clone Wars for the listeners, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he malfunctioned. His chip malfunctioned, and he killed. A Jedi even before there was supposed to be Tuck yeah, or true. it was was it Tuck? Yeah, I don't remember. I was tough, yeah. yeah, he, yeah, he ma- his chip malfunctioning and he lashed out and killed one of the that's true. Um, Jedi generals and that, that's what sparked this huge thing. That's what sparked uh, Rex getting the chip out of his head. That's and, true. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that they knew that this was coming and they were trying to help us understand it when they were doing those, especially those lost missions. Hopefully, we'll get to well, what what do you guys think? <laughs> All right, here I hadn't thought about this until just now. What if you um, what if we see in the season seven of the Clone Wars, um, we see Order sixty six and we see Gregor and Wolf uh, killing Kill. Jedi? Um, jeez. It wouldn't surprise me because that show is not a yeah. kids' show. I, I, could, um, anymore, I no. could see, no, I could see no. Order sixty six happening. I, I, well, I think I we're going to see Order sixty six. But end I mean, of seeing, the yeah. I, but I want to. I'm curious to see. Do you think we'll see Wolf I, and Gregor and some of these these I, others that we loved and and built this relationship with, both in Clone Wars and in Rebels, actually executing Order sixty six? I yes, I, I'm pretty sure it will happen. Um, I is since is Ahsoka going to be like literally the main character of this new season? Like literally, like she's the, the main only character person. of the, all the Clone Wars. She's, she's, the, she's, she's I yeah. think that we should see Order sixty six from her perspective because we saw Obi Wan, we saw Anakin, but we didn't see what happened with Ahsoka. Yeah. During Order sixty six, so we did get a little bit of at the beginning of Ahsoka. Oh novel. wait, I didn't think of this. So though. do we see Gregor and Wolf trying to kill Ahsoka? I don't know, oh. and that's the problem. I don't know. But no. that would be even worse because then she recommends Kanan and Ezra to go to recruit Gregor and Wolf. Yeah. Right, but Rex is you know, Rex and Ahsoka, um, and this is only a spoiler from the Ahsoka novel, um, and it's pretty well known now from uh because of rebels and things like that. But Rex and Ahsoka fake their deaths together, like they killed each other. Um, yeah, like at the same time, like it looked like he turned on her, so and, that Soka yeah. can flee, right? Okay? Um, and then I could see Rex going back to the five hundred first and saving his, as many of his friends as possible because he sees them killing Jedi. Maybe that's a whole storyline of a couple episodes, an arc, and he goes Ooh. back and he helps them get the chips out themselves, so, and they go settle on that planet that they're on 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 Rebels. You, do you think that this series is going to happen just right up before? Episode three, and then during episode three, because I didn't, I don't know why. Oh, I, I hope pick, so. But I hope but that episodes, we're seeing but, um, things on. Orders. I I hope we're seeing things on Mandalore taking place while the culmination of Revenge of the Sith is taking mm. place. Yeah, I would love I, I to see know, that. I don't know why this didn't click, but Order sixty six happened during Return of or uh, Revenge of the Sith. So to see that in the Clone Wars. We, we would know what else is happening because of the movie, so we'd have to see it from someone else's perspective. Well, what would you think about this? We see Rex is fighting next to Ahsoka, and that whole Darth Maul thing happens. I'm not going to get into detail yeah, yeah. with it, because that's kind of an Ahsoka book spoiler. But what do you think if we see Rex fighting next to Gregor and Wolf, 
and then seeing Gregor and Wolf start shooting Ahsoka, what what would his reaction even be? And how and, and if, if he well, I, yeah, can he though? Because, I guess he, I guess how can he protect himself him. and protect Ahsoka? Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I hope we see it play out. That's what I have to say yeah. about and, that. Yeah. And and he doesn't kill them, and that's the one thing. Yeah. Well, if if yeah. And then and then so, here's the other beautiful thing, guys. It if if we see that happen in this season seven of Clone Wars, then what does that mean about who Ahsoka has become by the time we see her in season two of Rebels, uh, when she is is extending grace and forgiveness? Um, to these clones that tried to kill her because she understands that they were n- not under their own ability to, to control this uh, at this point because of the chip. What if during the Lost Missions, Rex gets back and tells Ahsoka about the whole exactly Because he saw it. We remember well, that. He, he's like, removed his chip. Yes. And so what do you think if Ahsoka says that? What would she do? What would she do about? Would she tell Anakin? Would she tell Obi Wan? Would she? What would she do herself? Yeah, I don't think that she's going to find that out until after the Order sixty six is given. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, Those are some great questions. Follow these people: Movie Web, uh, Deep Sing Music, obviously Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson. If you're not following them, you're um, missing out. You know, uh, uh, if you're not following them. Uh, if you're not a Star Wars fan, no, what, that's Sam's line. Okay. Uh, Star hey. Wars Explained, of hey. course. And again, re- just a reminder, we have that special episode dropping Tuesday, 10 Questions on Tatooine Tuesday with uh, Star Wars Explained, Molly and Alex from over there. But if you're a Patreon supporter, um, you're going to get that um, a little bit early because you can get it. Christmas comes early. That's right. You can get it right away. So Sam is going to tell you now how you can become a Patreon supporter. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Samuel the Hutt. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. BB, Nate, and I love talking about Star Wars with our dad, and we couldn't do it without the faithful support of our friends at Patreon. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash Tatooine Sons and watch our welcome video so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the Force be with you. So Ray Park really loves playing Darth Maul. In fact, he revealed this week that he was spoiling Solo a Star Wars story on social media for almost a year before the film hit theaters. And he's got a lot of ideas on how Maul can return to the big screen again. Up next, it's time to talk about the cockroach of the Star Wars universe. You like that, huh? Rebellions are built on hope. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I find your lack of faith disturbing. (laughs) All right, so for uh, context to understand kind of what's going on, I think the best way for us to... Uh, to set this up, this segment up is to put ourselves back in a time machine and go back to May 24th of 2018 here. Uh, we're sitting there on the third row oh, yeah. at our little theater with the reclining chairs at the special uh, opening night um, showing of 
solo a star Wars story. And we'd uh, been getting uh, birthday shout outs from Sam Witwer who plays Darth Maul in the clone wars and rebels. And uh, we'd been watched the twin sons episode because it's our favorite rebels episode right before that. And we're sitting in there and we get into this big moment on uh, solo, a star Wars story, which if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, um, I'm not even going to give you a spoiler alert because I, I question um, if you're sane uh, for not having seen this movie, but it's awesome. So I'm just encouraging you to go out and see it. But anyway, we're sitting there and it gets to the end, the big climax of it. And, and uh, this hologram takes place on the screen and Sam, why don't you tell the rest of the story? Oh, okay. So we're sitting there and we see uh, Kira key in this hologram and we see someone sitting on the bench and we see what looks to be like a metal boot or something. Um, you know, and she starts to talk to him and I hear this voice and it sounds familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it quite yet. Um, and then, you know, she continues to talk to him and we get a better view side view of him. You know, we can tell that he's got a metal leg and he's wearing this hood and he starts to talk even more. Um, and it's at that point that I realized who this character is. Um, and you know, obviously it's Darth Maul. So, um, we, I just, you know, I'll be sitting here on this row. And I see it and, it, and it just clicks, and you, I just go, <gasps> you know, and I like turn to Dad, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Darth Maul, and then you know, he takes off his hood, and we're like this whole front row of a bunch of like, this like eight seats of like t- teenage boys, and you know, Dad included, um, is like freaking out that Darth Maul, you know, we have no idea what he's saying, but we're like, oh my gosh, it's Darth Maul, you know, um, I'm just like freaking out. It was so much fun. That <laughs> was. It was um, a, yeah. a, 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 a surprise for sure. As surprising in that moment, I think, as the first moment when Darth Maul shows back up in the Clone Wars. It's literally that big of a, like, what in the world is going on here type moment. Um, and if you've seen the Clone Wars and Rebels, you're not surprised that Maul is alive. But for him to be in this movie, I don't think anybody really saw it coming. Uh, I know we didn't. BB Nate, what was that? What was that? There's not even like a force connection at all. No, there's not. And so BB Nate would tell us, you know, tell our listeners kind of what what went through your head and and as you saw Darth Maul in, at the end of that. Um well, this is what went through my head just wow. Um <laughs> like, okay. Well, that just happened. Uh they had to they had to throw in their twists of the uh, last decade that they didn't get quite yet, but um I was freaking out inside i did i wasn't trying to show it but i was um i was i because everything lined up we watched twin sons darth maul was in that episode we didn't expect him to be in this one sam Witwer got sammy a shout out and it was just all like Ooh. lined up with and, and cool yeah and, and, and sam Witwer also voiced maul in solo as well so exactly uh, and like all worked out perfectly. So it was a collision of sort of Darth Maul fandom for us right. uh, that day. And it's interesting because most people don't realize this. Ray Park didn't voice Maul in the uh, Phantom Menace. It was another actor that voiced Maul in that. So it's not like something unprecedented was going on in this in Solo when Sam Witwer, who's just right. a, an amazing actor generally, uh, but yeah. especially his voice. Uh, work that he did with Maul and some of the other Clone Wars and Rebels characters. It was just awesome. He, um, when his voice came out, he's the classic Darth Maul as he, as he's aged. It was just sort of an, an amazing collision. What's really interesting about that is what Ray Park said this week. So I want to talk about that uh, for a few minutes. Um, Ray Park came out 
and revealed. It's almost like that that famous line from Phantom Menace: "At last, we will have our we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have our revenge." He he came out and revealed um, sort of what like life went, imitates art, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. What went on when he got the call? I guess he was on vacation in some Caribbean island, Hawaii, or something like that. Is what I remember reading. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's oh, in Hawaii, and he gets a phone call from Lucasfilm, and they're like, hey, we'd like you to come back and play Darth Maul in um, the ending of uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. And he's like, okay, sure. Do you want me to get on a plane right now? Uh, yeah. is what he- <laughs> well, basically, they asked if he would just be willing to do it. Oh, yeah. And they're okay. like, would you be willing to, to play Maul again? And he's like, yeah, sure. Do you want me to hop on a plane right now? <laughs> like- uh, totally excited about that, which is cool. You know, we had an experience with him. Um, well, not like meeting him or talking with him, but That's a, something cool. a Ray Park experience at Star Wars Celebration in 2017. BB Nate, why don't you kind of explain what happened? Um, don't tell our little secret about how we got into to, to, to the final day of Star Wars Celebration. We don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, hold on just real quick. Yeah. I felt a great disturbance in the force. Exactly. Yeah, we don't want to get in trouble with anybody. But um, BB Nate, why don't you kind of explain what happened when we were at Celebration that last day and how it ties in here? So we were wandering around, wondering what to do. There wasn't many good panels that day. Um, we didn't head to the Mark Hamill tribute to Carrie Fisher because it we was didn't want to wait in the line and all that. Yeah, and all that. And so we were wandering around, figuring out what to do. Um, and we went to this open panel, uh, the Ray Park panel. Well, no, it, was... it wasn't Ray Park. No, it was um, um, how. The, the fighting style for yeah, lightsabers. Yeah, the fighting style out. for lightsabers happened. Yeah, okay, so so, like, so it's an ESPN 30 for 30 um, episode, which is about this Japanese um, form of, it was like, uh, of like martial arts and sword fighting and things like that. That's actually competitive. Um, and they use, you know, padding and, and wooden sticks and stuff like that for it. Um, and it's really a great, I, I encourage all the listeners to find that episode of, of ESPN 30 for 30. Um, the, the fate of the lightsaber or something like that. I don't remember what it's called. It's Kendo. The, the sport is Kendo. Exactly. Yeah. So Kendo is what they do. And it's cool because Mark Hamill narrates and kind of hosts the whole episode because he lived in Japan. His dad was in the Air Force and he lived, or the Navy or something. And he lived in Japan when he was in high school and actually was, was, you know, understood Kendo and saw a lot of Kendo and things like that. So he was telling, it was sort of his story that kind of paralleled with it. Um, it was really, really awesome. And of course, they've got lots of Darth Maul content in there because um, that's Darth uh, Ray Park's background is has got to do with martial arts, and he knows Kendo um, with it. So anyway, keep going, BB yeah. Nate. Um, so we go in. We're like, there's nothing else to do, so I'll just watch it because it seemed interesting. And so we go in, and it's like all the way in the back of the convention center. Yeah, so I'm like, it was, way off. And- it was like in never neverland like you, you didn't know where <laughs> it was you in wild were. space it was in the unknown regions yes right? it was but it, it the unknown had a region. pretty reasonable crowd yeah it did um so we go in and we're like okay this is this was really cool and we were all invested in it and so they start talking about it the episode's over and they start talking about it and they're asking questions giving to the stories about how the episode got made and and all yeah. that because Ray Parks like interviewed all throughout it, and so they're talking about him and, and interviewing him and stuff like yeah. that. And so, like, um, I think you got a little bit ahead of that, but no, um, I'm talking Ray about Parks, in the in the actual video. Oh yes, they do. He's they like do. all in the video. So, um, didn't they like interview some of the other actors? 
Or did they just interview Ray Park? I think it was like producers and directors yes. and stuff of, of the episode. I'm pretty sure George Lucas was in there and he was no. like surprised about it too. Anyway. No, George Lucas in the in the panel? Episode. Oh, he was in the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. But then um we're just in there they're asking questions to the audience after the episode's over. And then Ray Park shows up out of nowhere. It surprises even the pa- people holding the panel. Um, they had no idea it was going to happen. I think he kind of crashed the thing. It, he, he did. Um, and so everybody was surprised. It was, it, like we said, it was in the unknown regions of the convention center. So no you're just clue kinda, this was coming. You, and it was the last day. So, and you and know. so there wasn't many people in there. So they got a little bit of exclusive stuff. It was, it was really cool um, for us to be in there during that. Yeah, we, we didn't get to meet him. Uh, but you know, we were there and we experienced it, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, and so. he grabbed somebody's double-bladed lightsaber from in the uh, audience and started demonstrating stuff. And oh yeah, he did. It was <laughs> awesome, and you could just tell from not just the documentary, but especially from uh, his interaction with the crowd and the way he was there, that he absolutely is in love with this character and and wants to keep playing him. And so, uh, it you know, it's interesting. He gets this this phone call from Lucasfilm and he's totally excited about the possibility that he's going to play Maul again uh, on the big screen and what does he start doing? He starts going on Instagram. And so this week, his, he like t- started telling the world about these Instagram posts that he put on, which in hindsight, looking backwards, it's obvious he's suggesting that he's coming back to the big screen as yeah. Maul. Oh, yeah, huge. Uh, he's shaving his head. Wonder why? Maybe you'll find out soon. He's got all these hashtags about Sith. And it says solo Sith. It's solo. Darth Maul. It, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I guess one could just you know assume, oh, he played Darth Maul. So, but like now looking back on it, you're like, wow, he just he he all but said, hey, I'm in Solo as Darth Maul. Like, yeah, exactly. And so, and he was like surprised people didn't pick up on it. Um, with it and it's just it shows how much he loves this character and how fun it is so then he gave the, in this interview this week he said a couple things that I thought were interesting I want to talk about um, he's, he was quoted as saying if anything ever happens in the future and the character is back and it's me I have a lot of great ideas of what I'd like to do with it so he would love to come back not just as a you know I mean he's in the Phantom Menace I think he says 58 words I think total or less than that 58 seconds or something where he's speaking or, or is what I read. It's not a lot. Yeah. And it's again, not him. And then he's got like a minute in, um, the last Jedi or excuse me. So that, yeah, that didn't, yeah, so, that, that's that, that wasn't right. This is not going to go the so, way yeah, you think. Um, in solo he's, he's in there. So he wants to have a bigger role. Uh, he wants to come back to the big screen. He's got ideas for what that would look like. Um, with it. So what do you guys think? Do you think that we're going to get Maul on the big screen like his, you know, a, a major character in a movie again, uh, where I think, you know, he, he talks about Sam Witwer in this as well. He's talking about uh, the actor recalled that he was given a couple of sheets of what was going on beforehand and then what was happening. And it's pretty cool is what he says, because Sam Witwer did the voice and it was a different process for me. It was, I, it was, I was hearing the voice and then acting as well. So I really enjoyed this experience. So they figured out a way for, for the voice and the, and Ray Park to sort of partner together in the way that the acting was going on in the scene. So I guess that means Sam Witwer's off stage 
uh, acting the voiceover yeah. lines while Sam Witwer or why Ray Park is is mimicking him, which is yeah, really crazy. it's almost like the opposite of how like animated movies are made. They animate it and then they voice over, right? Most, or or, so, or something. No, like they that they voice over and then animate it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So same type of a thing. So it, yeah, mm, it, cool. you know, it's it's interesting. So I guess my question is, do you think that we're going to get Darth Maul or not Darth Maul? He's no longer a Darth uh, Maul on the big screen in a larger role in in the future. I'm going to have BB Nate go first. Um I hope I really hope so. He's a cool character, but I want Sam Witwer to voice him. No offense Ray Park, but you just don't sound Oh, he he didn't he wouldn't like ever do the voice. Um I don't don't know if it would work if they did the same thing they did in this one because they only did it for a minute he's only like had minute intervals of how long he's talked in each of the movies he's been in um Mm. but if they do find out a way to do it i would love it and i think that they can do it if they really try to do it so oh yeah they could definitely pull it off um i i don't think it'll be like a mall movie because that would require a lot of dialogue and 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 that's not an easy process for Sam or for um, Ray Park. So I think if we do get more Maul, which we will, because he's you know fans love Maul. I think it'll be as a secondary character or even an um, antagonist in a spin. Uh, excuse me, a um, anthology movie. Um, you know, whether it be Kenobi or whatever. I think it'll be. Uh, he won't be a main character, so he won't have a whole lot of dialogue, but I think we're going to get more than just a minute of screen time or, you know, something like that. Um, because he, he's just too big of a character for to be ignored um, on the big screen. I think it's important for us to think about the original Star Wars movie um, and the primary bad guy in that movie. He, I mean, that's being obviously being Darth Vader. Uh, everybody knows Darth Vader is the is like the 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 mega bad guy that's hovering over the whole storyline um, with it. Uh, he doesn't have that many lines uh, in that movie. Uh, no. He doesn't talk that much. And so if they, if they want to do a mall, you know, like as the primary bad guy in a movie again, the same thing as Phantom Menace, really. Um, they can do that. And I think they could make Sam Witwer's yeah. voice work. I mean, and I, I, that same thought, thought um crossed my head but when you see him in clone wars or rebels he talks a pretty substantial amount he's, he's gets very chatty in the clone wars and rebels so if he's to, to be true to the character which um you know his character was much more developed in clone wars or rebels he's got to talk a pretty not like chatterbox but he's he has a pretty substantial amount of dialogue in those so i think you t- having him as an antagonist he's gonna have He's going to talk a pretty good amount. Um, I still stand by my desired follow-up to Solo, um, which we've talked about on this episode or on this (laughs) podcast before. Um, I think, and I honestly, uh, I think that there, that this is a real possibility. I, I think I feel really strongly the way that they're you know raising up the Kira character, continuing to do that. We still don't know what's going on with Boba Fett. Uh, Han is on his way to Tatooine as we speak, you know, in the solo uh, storyline um, to be a part of a crew uh, there. Which that's how he's going to connect with Jabba um, at this point. I think that the natural follow Alden Ehrenreich signed a, a three 
uh, movie deal. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to be in three movies. Ray Park even talks about that in this interview where he talks about how he signed a three movie deal for GI Joe to play snake eyes, but they only made two of them. And I get that, but I think that they want to, um, I think they want to make this movie. I think that they're planning for it and they're just waiting sort of for the, the, um, the, well, the negativity, um, and the boycott solo thing and the lack of success that it had at the box office, you know, compared to what they anticipated. I think they're sort of waiting for all of that to sort of simmer down and, uh, you know, get, get people focused again on positive things with star Wars, star Wars resistance coming out, being successful, uh, clone wars being successful, uh, John Favreau's, uh, series being successful, uh, the release of content, you know, like, tr- uh, promotional content, trailers and things like that. Posters title for one of, um, uh, episode nine and you know you've got billy d and all uh, playing lando and all of those things coming together again i think then they can come back and they can do the next movie that's supposed to follow solo and i think it ties in to you've got crimson dawn being led behind the scenes just like it is uh, in solo by maul but now you have kira as the leader of crimson dawn the face of Crimson Dawn, which gives Kira the primary, like, you know, dialogue, and she's the character that you see the most in that. Uh, but you can have her in conversations with Maul. You can have Maul a part of it. You can have him be even physically present, uh, not just in a hologram with it. And you've got that whole Crimson Dawn element. They keep coming back to it. They just, they're, StarWars.com is releasing more information and articles about uh, Sons of Dathomir no, uh, comics, and, and they're talking about Maul again. They released the clip from, um, uh, solo a Star Wars story of Maul. Finally, they finally released that clip officially, so you have like a clear HD version to watch. Um, they're they're letting Ray Park talk about Maul again uh, publicly because I guarantee you they aren't going to let him go off and start telling all the things that he's saying in this process. They released photos. Do you guys see those photos of Maul? I think with I saw the, a couple of them with yeah. the legs. Like the the yeah. screenshot, or, or the oh my gosh, with the metal legs and all that. So I think I feels like the Star Wars machine is churning Maul up big time right now, um, at this point. And so you've got that Crimson Dawn element there against a Jabba the Hutt cartel element with uh, Boba Fett, because you know that yeah, Han yeah. and Han and Boba Fett have a, a relationship. Um, they've known each other before. Uh, we get to episode nine and, or excuse me, episode five and six, um, especially with the way that, you know, when Han wakes up in, on Tatooine from the hibernation, uh, in Carbonite and he hears that Boba Fett's there, he's like, Boba Fett, like, you know, he knows exactly who that is and he's got a history is the way he says that in Return of the yeah. Jedi. So I think that you've got Boba Fett and you've got Han and you've got Jabba, which I think would be awesome to see, um, sort of uh in competition with each other for some job um or to, to execute something kind of like the emphasis nest thing was uh in solo a star wars story and it and you start seeing a whole lot more stuff and i would i still would love to see this i'm begging for this some type of a of a cameo towards the end of that with uh you and mcgregor kenobi where they start making you think that they're going to make that movie again do you guys think yeah. that that's that that's still in the works that that's a possibility i'll have you guys go and, and kind of close off this segment with that so um 
I do think that it could happen. Um, really, I don't know what can happen or what they should do or what they are doing right now because they haven't given us any information of what movies are making after episode Well, this is nine. why we're Star Wars podcasters. We speculate. We theorize. Right. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> so, our whole and, and livelihood podcast. So, I forgot to tell you this, but we were reading articles that you sent us for show prep, and one of the things, um, one of the articles said that the anthology movies are canceled, um, had been canceled. Yeah, it was talking about like Kathleen Kennedy, and he was like, after Solo's box office failure, the Star Wars spinoffs have been canceled. I'm like, first off, it wasn't a failure, and second off, they were never canceled. They were never <laughs> they even were never announced. announced. Right. No. Um, anyway. So, yes. And that happened. statement, just to be clear... Uh, was refuted by Lucasfilm within 24 hours of that actually being <laughs> being put out. So, um, so yes, I think that this movie could happen. But there is one other movie that I'm hoping that. Well, actually, two. I'm hoping they first of all make a Kenobi movie, um, and then a Turbo Support movie. Oh well, of course, that, a Turbo Support uh, uh, movie. I mean, that would be like the that would be the all time uh, highest grossing film, you know, in so, box yes, office cause, history. Because then people right. people may be like their parents like. Oh, we can't let my like five-year-old or eight-year-old kid go see it because some people are really strict about the PG-13 ratings. So they can make so, this one. So make a PG Turbis the Porg Star Turbis Wars the Porg story. movie, and then it'll blow up because every Agreed. parent can take their kids to it. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, it's going to be hard to follow that up, Samuel the Hutt. But what do you think about the possibilities <laughs> with the the mall movie or the that yeah, I suggested? I mean, I I like the idea. Very. Uh, I've said this, you know, every time that we bring it up, a very MCU-like feel, the way they would bring in the new characters. Um, I, I, I like it. If they, I don't think they'll go there. Um, I don't think they're going to have a shared um, standalone movie um, universe. It just, it just feels weird for Star Wars. It feels like they're trying to copy DC and or Marvel. Um, what do you mean by that? What do you mean like a shared standalone universe? What do you mean? Like you have all the standalone movies intertwined in a way. Like they have a similar, uh, a connecting thread plot-wise that goes through all of them. Okay, I mean, now, so now I'm getting a little freaked out. Because what if in this scenario of film that I talked about where you have Maul as the primary bad guy and you have um, – uh, Jabba and Boba Fett is the anti-heroes along with Solo, uh, sort of that, you know, they're the bad guys. We know they're bad guys, but they're the good guys in this movie um, with right. Solo um, with that. And then you've got Enfys Nest and Saw Gerrera elements uh, weaving in that end up leading us to something that's happening with Rogue One. I would love that. I mean, that would yeah. be cool, too. That would be, uh, um, I mean, awesome, but... Like I said, it feels too 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 much like the MCU. Like they're they're, um, for lack of a better term, jumping the shark. No, 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 no. Jumping the shark um, only happens when it doesn't work. If it works, it's not jumping the shark. Nobody thinks okay. that anything's going on in the MCU. Uh, the MCU, uh, nobody has ever accused that of jumping the shark, and no, they're all intertwined with each other. Right. It's the MCU started off with that that. Um, that I disagree. Going through it at the very beginning. I disagree. You know? I disagree. I think that they hoped for it, but I don't think that they had the plans for it that they have carried out. I think that they there there was the Hulk movie uh, that Edward Norton played the sort of the reboot of Hulk. 
um, which is now mm-hmm. sort of part of the canon of, of MCU. And then you have the Iron Man movie with the, the shield thing at the very end, the ends credits where, where Nick Fury shows up um, at the end of that one. Um, I guess the Hulk one came after that because yeah, it was Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man two, Thor. Okay. Captain America. So here's what I think. I think that they were hoping to be able to pull that off, but they weren't banking on being able to pull that off. And I think that the mall appearance at the solo, uh, in the end of the solo movie indicates sort of the same mindset. Let's see what happens. How is this received? Sure. If we decide to make more of these, we've set up this little story that can keep things going. Um, they've, they started releasing. There's a connection between Emphis uh, and Jin and Saw uh, in the true. novel. There's They're starting to tie these things together again. I'm predicting that this is going to happen in the next three to five years. All right. So. Along with the Turbo Support movie. Along with Turbo Support, a Star Wars story. He's there. I mean, he's he's the one that's running it all behind the scenes. Um, like like the wizard and Wizard of Oz. Exactly. So, all right. So, um, anything else that we want to talk about? Anything else? Who's first? All right. The uh, the Last Jedi is the highest selling Blu-ray of 2018. But I thought I thought I thought that movie sucked though. It, it was well, like the worst you know, it, Fans ever. hate it. And, she, and it should be completely removed from canon. Are, are, Remake uh, the Last when, Jedi. When did mm. you find this so-called picture? No, this so is like stats. What the picture I sent you guys? Mm-hmm. When did oh, you no, find this is this is like all over um, the news the last week. It, it's accurate. Okay, because yeah. somebody said that Infinity War is now the highest selling one. No, it's not. It's like been re. It's been uh, published multiple times over the last week by multiple news sources. Yeah. Um, some of our close friends, uh, Star Wars Underworld, uh, you know, in the Star Wars world, making Star Wars, that kind of stuff. They're all coming out and saying that it's the highest grossing of 2018. So. Um, I, I guess that means that fans don't hate this movie. I want to go home and rethink my life. All right, BB Nate, what's yours? Lucasfilm released one of the deleted scenes from the Solo Blu-ray. I loved that yeah. scene. I, I got a bad well, feeling about this. So let's just be honest here. I, I do love everything Solo. But, I mean, them hiding in that tank of whatever snakes or eels or... They're like or some sort of fish creature, piranhas or, or whatever. And it's it's you've got you've got Kira like the brains, and she's like figuring out what to do. What did you guys think about those hounds? Now that we've seen more of those hounds, those things are intense. I loved those. <laughs> they had like three tails. It was weird. Those things were awesome. The hounds of Corellia uh, chasing them, and they've got this like unbelievable sense, like bloodhounds. Uh, yeah. in our in our world. And, and what's funny is they were actually played by like dogs in suits, though. Yeah, that's a great video um, that's out there where they showed the behind the scenes of that. And so they jump in the tank, and and they're doing that to cover the smell. Well, well, yeah, but and and hide their you know their just their vision. But is you know Kira's all like get in. And Han's like, uh, they open it up, and he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not. They're not going in there." It kind of felt like Raiders of the Lost Ark with like uh, the snakes, uh, Indy and the snakes. Exactly is what it felt yeah. like. So it was kind of funny. So uh, yeah, so they're in there, and they're in the tank, and like Han's trying to be all cool and and trying to kiss uh, Kira, and she's like, "This isn't the right time," you know, and flipping out about it. And then all of a sudden, he goes, "I love it when he says it. he's like, is that your hand on my thigh?'" And uh, and it was one of the fish or something got in his pants. <laughs> He jumps out. It was awesome. So anyway, 
right. Um, I'm excited because Mark. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. And on that note. And on, <laughs> on that note. Uh, Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams got on an airplane this week and flew to England. So mm. uh, it looks like. Mm. Do you think that means that their scenes are Hollywood going to be. Studios, well, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where they're mm-hmm. filming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, but just- I. Go ahead. Wink, wink. They're just, just, they're just going to England to have tea they're time. Just, they're just pals. Tea time with the queen. Tea time with the queen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious that they're both their timing of them both going around the same time uh, to England. Maybe they're in some scenes together. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I thought he's Luke dead, was though. dead. Yeah, I'll I think he's dead too. But um, horse ghosts. I think it's going to be an interesting interesting uh movie where you can't wait to see it so all right uh before we go we got to go ahead and uh reveal this week's podcast poll of the week and since we talked about maul for so long we'll go ahead and and uh make a poll about him um how about what are the odds that we'll see maul in another star wars movie we'll give you four choices 50 50 so that's for all of you that just want to answer something and don't want to take a stand um, less than 50%, greater than 50%, or those of you that are convinced it's going to happen, like me, that's what you can put down. It's going to happen. So, And we'll get, the, uh, we'll get Sam and Nate's um, uh, opinion, their vote, on the next episode. So, Well, thank you guys for listening, um, for uh, subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast service you use, uh, giving us ratings and reviews. Please, 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 if you've listened this long, just take another three minutes and give us a review um and if it's clean it doesn't have anything in it that is inappropriate and it's a five star review we are going to go ahead and read it on the air and you can promote your own page your own youtube uh page website or whatever star wars stuff you're involved in uh we'll promote it there share this with others um i guess that's about it i'll stop rambling on uh anything else you guys want to say may the force be with you may the force be with you may the force be with you this party's over I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Oh, please. 